Hey everyone, and happy 2021. Welcome to our 19th ever episode of the Lagging Behind podcast. I'm your host, Squiggy, and I am joined by Salazo and Laura. Hello, you two wonderful people. What is up, Squiggy, my friend? <laughs> what is up, Laura? How are you? I'm good, thank you. Are you well? I am. I am good. I have recovered from 2020, I think. Hopefully 2021 mm-hmm. is going to be a little bit better. I feel like the scars of 2020 will be with us forever. So. I, I feel like, I do feel that way, but we'll come out of it stronger and better. <laughs> okay. Hopefully. Harder, faster, How are you, Slezo? <laughs> it's a good song. Slezo's just turned into like Daft Punk. That's all you need to know. I am a Daft Punk. Yes, you are. So how are you, Slezo? Apart from Daft and Punky? I mean, hopefully I've survived until 2021. That'd be good. I mean, yeah, well, we'll, fi- we'll find out, won't we? If you listen to this podcast. If I mysteriously vanish in a few episodes of time. Oh no. Yes. Yes, it's all a mystery. Life is a mystery. And so there's a disappearance is a mystery. But anyway, it's a new podcast. Let's talk about what we've been playing recently. Um, last week, Slazo played a lot of Xbox games. Yes. Um, and he went through all those Xbox games in some good detail. So I hope you've actually picked up some of them and played them. I haven't, Slazo. I apologize. I'm sorry. It's, really, it's like but, you bought um, a £450 console and didn't use it. I did. I, if, if you let me get to what I've been playing, you will find that I did. Wow. But today's a you can kick us off again. Oh, thanks, buddy. Uh, I have not been doing as much gaming as the last time we were on. Uh, a bunch of repeat entries, as always. Crown Tundra, still making my way through the uh, Dynamax Adventures. Finally caught Yvettel, which was a pain in the ass. And then somehow beat it with like a terrible team, so who knows, Pokemon. Uh, full <laughs> guys, I'm nearing the end of Season 2's Season Pass now. I even managed to get back-to-back victories at one point, which was a stunning achievement, until I blew it in the third finale in a row. So, uh, oh, whoops. Must, must be awful, getting two out of three. I, I know, right, it sucks. One day I'll get that trophy, mate. But, uh, yeah, it must be awful. Yeah, as I say, it's good fun. I can't remember if I've talked about it on here before, some of the remixes are brutal, including the perfect match one with the rotating beam, which takes out like 90% of players every time. But uh, yeah, it's it's good fun. And hey, I've never seen, I haven't seen Royal Fumble all season, so that's good. Uh, played a bit more of Among Us, which is, you know, fun as always, although there's definitely seems to be a weird glitch in the code where when you're in a play session, if you play like, say, a few dozen games, one person always seems to end up imposter a hell of a lot more than the average and this seems to happen pretty much every time I play it. And I, it's happened to the point now where I'm sure the code's weighted that way. Like, it's not true random or something. Something seems we, to be up. We've noticed that as well, Slazer, actually. We've had, like, one one person... I think only, I think we played about ten games. And I think at least half of them, one person was the imposter. Like, that one person. Yeah. it. I, I don't know if it's the way they do random stuff or what, what have you. But it, it definitely feels like it's weighted to picking a player when the game starts and be like you are the designated imposter yeah to, to the point where i think the lot like uh, one of the last times i played it the guy had a breakdown because he just it's like i'm imposter <laughs> too much i can't do I'm it sick of killing people well it's the point where like was it you and they just had a breakdown because they just didn't want they couldn't go through the whole rigmarole of like because it's very stressful being an imposter did yeah. you say it in that voice because no i would be stressful if you went was it you because i feel like i'm in trouble with that voice I mean, you're it's killing people, voice, Laura. Yeah, but, I mean, <laughs> you're not going to get away easily from it. You killed someone. Was it yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, go on, don't, then. Don't break up it. Oh, you <laughs> killed someone. Oh, here you go. Slap on the wrist. Uh, and a nice... Uh, no, I'll get chocolate. political. 
Um, wow. <laughs> but uh, the so the other the other game I have been uh, playing a little bit of on my shiny new toy of a PS5 is uh, Miles Morales. Given that a uh, a whirl, uh, it's it's fun. It is it's essentially Spider-Man 1.5, which is I believe what everyone pretty much expected. Uh, it's a little weird to go back to being like a weak little kid again after being like because I recently did an ultimate a new game plus playthrough on the original Spider-Man on PS4 where I already obviously had max stats and everything maxed out whereas now obviously I'm back to being not having half the abilities I did as Peter so it's it's taking it's taking a little while to get used to but I'm slowly building back up to it and the new um Venom mechanics are kind of cool and fun and add some new wrinkles to the combat because they swapped more things around like combos are no longer using parts of your charge bar they just go off when you get Sorry, finishers are no longer using parts of your charge bar. They go off uh, when you hit a certain point in your combo, you automatically get a finisher. Whereas your charge bar now is used for Venom moves. And So, yeah, it's nice, but it comes across a bit more as a remix rather than something new or expanding on the original. Uh, the, it's fun to play on the controller. It feels like they also... I'm assuming they also have like the HD rumble-style thing, so when you're on a train, you can feel like it's like you're on the train tracks, which is cool but if I learn anything off the switch developers will stop using that within about a minute and then the controller will just vibrate at max power every time and it gets very very annoying because no one knows how to program rumble on the switch uh, it's, it's pretty but I mean sure okay like I, I had the standard moment of ooh look I can see my reflection in the glass now and then I moved on because it's, I don't care about graphics and the loading though is really noticeable like from starting up the PS from like getting, being on the PS5 UI going I want to play Spider-Man start the game within about 15 seconds I'm in game like I've gone through the start menu I've hit load the file I'm swinging about as miles so that is really really awesome especially when you're trying to do challenges and you're trying to get like the gold medal as it were and usually in a lot of games you go okay I've, I've messed up within like the first five seconds I can tell restart and then you have to wait 10 or 15 seconds for it to reload everything get everything back in place in this one that it's done in like one or two seconds and you're just off again which is amazing i've always i've always loved games that have done that in the past so like trap mania where you go fucked up press a button you're instantly back at the start and that's kind of what this feels like now which is amazing for any challenge based game so hopefully that's uh, something to look forward to this generation I will say though, so I've done a lot of the side missions, I haven't done a huge amount of the main story yet, uh, I don't feel like this is a £50 video game. From the way I'm playing out, it feels closer to the city that never sleeps, the, so the DLC that was on Spider-Man, the original, and yeah. I think that was £20 at the top of my head, 20 yeah. 20 25 I think it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. This, this definitely isn't a £50 game. So, a bit uh, like um, infamous first light to infamous second sun, where it's yeah. Well, that's how I would imagine. That's how this should be priced as like a lost legacy or a first light style thing, not yeah. as a. I think it's getting away with it because it's a launch game and it's Spider Man and everything, and and obviously they'll also be going. But it is cheaper. It's not seventy pounds. Fuck off. Yeah. But, uh, it is. It is twenty pounds cheaper, and if you think um, lost legacy was twenty pounds cheaper than Uncharted Four at launch, so yeah, yeah. But no, I from what from what I've heard, I've not. I've not played it yet. It's on my list to play this week. But um, yeah, from what I've heard, it is kind of just like a shorter game yeah. and probably not worth the money. That's but I suppose I, when you've paid for... Yeah, you've paid for a new toy, you want a new game to play. Yeah. 
And that's the thing. And you've played the original that come with it. I've given it a pass because it's a launch game, and again, I need something to play that wasn't the astronomical prices of Sackboy or Demon Souls, but uh, oh, they, they're, not getting, they're not getting to buy. They're not getting to buy again. You gotta. If you, this quid. is the same price as the original Spider Man. It sure as hell isn't at that level. Yeah. And that's it. That's my gaming. I've played one <laughs> PS5 game. <laughs> <laughs> and not many Xbox games. I've barely touched my Series X. <laughs> since then. Oh my god! My focus is on <laughs> full. My focus is on full guys because that's against the clock. So I need to get that done. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I, I forget. Yeah, we'll let you off. I'm sure the listeners will let you off as well. But uh, tweet them if you don't, and we'll give you a Twitter handle later. Uh, Laura, do you want to uh, follow yes. on from that? So, order. I did Astro's Playroom. That's the correct name of that game, right? Yes. Cool, nailed it. So I learned all about the PS5 controller and how great it is and how <laughs> blowing the mic if you have a headset on. No, to make random noises. No, just just and... just mute the microphone. Just mute your microphone. <laughs> no, la 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 la. Like you, yeah, it's a fun time. To, I enjoyed that. But um, yeah, so I played that and fell in. Well, not even saying that, but that felt just felt so far like that's going to sound stupid. It's just a demo, but obviously the controller is one of the most next gen things about the PS5 and all the different ways it was used in that game made me go, oh shit, this is the real deal. Which you would hope I would have, you know, thought about before dropping on it. But no, that was when I was like, my God, I'm happy. Um, there's a fun, quirky game and all the little Easter eggs. I know Squiggy will probably end up talking about the Metal Gear Easter egg in it because it brought him such joy. <laughs> <laughs> and he knows it did. I mean, when Saints Row did it, it didn't bring him as much joy. I'm just saying. A bit biased. But um, no, you but... Um, Saints yeah. Row one. You don't remember the whole level when there was a car... Um, not the point. But yeah, I've loved that to learn about my PS5 and how great it is and fun, quirky game. And if they actually did, I mean, the time, the only thing I will say is there's like the time trial bit. And obviously I've got the platinum. But um, having other people pop up and say they've beaten your time may be the most annoying thing. In that I want to hit people. It makes me angry. <laughs> I know what you're going to say, Slazer. I can always sense it. Get better at the game. But God, God, everyone with these time trials is this lovable platformer. And it's not my thing. <laughs> I'm not good at them. No, <laughs> no one's agreeing with me. <laughs> Your platformer history speaks for itself. I mean, that's fine. Um, what, 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 oh. Squiggy, you can't throw shade. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, Slazer, I can right now. How, how did Ori go, Squiggy? Not not as good as Sonic went, which Don't. didn't go very well for Laura. Sad face, true. <laughs> um, Carry sad on, face. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's just really, he's really upset me. Um, Get good. <laughs> also, I've been playing... Oh, fucking hell! <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were my friend! Anyway, I've also been playing Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's Black Ops, right? There is a Black Ops. In it. Yeah, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. It's a bit of a mouthful, to be honest. There, yep. I just realised that. Anyway, I'm going to call it Duty Cold War. But yeah, um, that has also been amazing. I also, um, it might be because I've got the Pulse headset, the PS5. Um, but the whole audio in that game, I generally just, I haven't had a decent for video gaming like ever. This is like the first set I've ever paid more than twelve pound on, and I mean I've paid way more than twelve pounds. But it might be that. But I'm so into the story player of this, so intense, and the little decision making, and that I'm already planning to replay. So that's how much I loved it <laughs> so far. I haven't played. I've got a few to go. It's just it feels such an epic game to kick off um, the next gen experience for me. To be honest, I don't know how much you've played of this, but the whole uh, but the whole trigger things, um, it's just epic. Like pushing down, I know, like you know, the sensitivity and all that stuff was in Astro, but using the gun, pulling down the gun, I just feel like I'm actually, I feel like I'm actually at war, which shouldn't be enjoyable. But I actually just feel so immersed in the Call of Duty universe. However, I'm aware that I'm probably near the end because it is a very short campaign, apparently. So 
that will be a bit maybe hard to justify. But with all the multiplayer fun times and Zombros, I feel like it's one of the only few games I could justify dropping above 50 quid on. Um, what else have I been playing? I've done FIFA. You know, that's going the same way. Rob, cheated. <laughs> you know, foiled. Playing well, losing. So that's FIFA. I mean, that's always... Uh, I feel like I'm missing... Oh, Assassin's Creed Val- um, Valhalla! Other than, other than your typical Assassin's experience, uh, I will say loads of the side quests and weird main world, whatever, events and stuff that you can get involved in. See someone still, I don't know. Like, little missions have been way more creative. Like, they've put time in them. Before, I just thought they're just content for content's sake. But based after the few I played the other day of them, uh, they actually put some time in. They actually feel more on the level of, like, Red Dead and GTA's little mystery markers pop-ups. Um, I'm trying to be... They don't have a name, do they? They're just, like, this pop-up side mission, GTA and Red Dead. Little, you know what I'm referring to, right, guys? No. Okay, but well, that's helpful. Anyway, people that have played video games... Um, <laughs> wow. No, but they're, like, little fun, creepy things. Like, in Red Dead, a uh, guy gets... Red Dead 2, guy gets bit with a steak, and he's like, can you suck the venom out? Like, all in the render. Assassin's Creed's kind of gone the same way. Like, I had a side quest the other day where a woman was like, her husband isn't satisfying her anymore because they can only get revved up when they were raiding, and now they're no longer raiding, and they're retired, and it's like, they wanted me to set their house on fire so they can get uh, going. Uh, and you were sat, and then they invite you, and it's like, stuff like, they were saying things, you know, make my water flow, Viking. Oh, enter my Valhalla husband. I'm ready after you set the place. Laura. <laughs> Why yeah. is it the, the side quests that you always highlight and remember are all uh, not PG? Because <laughs> they're the ones that stick with you, though. So. I will say another side quest stuck with me for the wrong reasons in Assassin's Creed if you want me to throw the game under the bus. I say, like, they're creative and they've made a lot of detailed ones like that. There are still the ones that are like, hello, sir, here's a signpost. Read the signpost. Mission complete. And I was like, okay. I know so, from. I'm gonna talk about the smutty. I, I know from what I've seen, they apparently they've brought back a lot of the base building stuff from AC2. Yeah, I think it's AC2. But it does feel like I don't know. I still feel the only thing I will be negative about is my issue with Assassin's Creed Odyssey was it was overwhelming. There was too much, so many side missions and all that stuff. I do get that again with, and it's a little bit like the area is so big. I do feel like I'm traveling, I'm rowing a lot, and sailing the same way. It just feels a little bit too like I don't know. It's a great, there's an open world, and I'm I love open world. Get me wrong, but there is such there's too much, and there's too many things popping up in my face when I walk past. That's triple A, Laura. You've got to have that massive. That is it is the Ubisoft paint by numbers. It just becomes so unenjoyable. Triple A gaming. Yeah, Yeah. it's just I I get why they do it because it's like oh look at all this content, but then it's like sometimes if you just narrow it down a bit and do a certain bit, then I'd be a lesson. Don't be silly, Laura. Next you'll be like saying Sony's argument that all their blockbusters have to be a hundred million dollars and everything is is nonsense okay i mean i get your point um i will actually um before i you know to end on a positive that's everything played yeah but the other thing i will say about assassin's creed valhalla you know how some people like um the mini games and stuff for example in witcher 3 i know there's is there a card game or a dice game i know there's something that's quite there popular, is gwent like, the card gwent. game yeah and that was quite a big thing and i've never really played a game and gone like oh my god this is such a good little mini game blah 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 i could play this as a thing there's a dice game in valhalla that i'm a very good at b it's really interesting and fun and c i had, i honestly if they made it a full game would consider it not a full full game but like a oh that's cheap, real oh no. yeah i saw a penny arcade strip on it i was thinking oh that's a funny joke though it's real what? Wait, what's, what's a funny joke that this dice game is funny? No, they're just pointing out that like, this mini game within the game that becomes the whole game. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I've never understood that with people, especially like with Witcher Three. But this this little dice game, it's fun. I think lie. you had Gwent in Witcher. You had Triple Triad from Final Fantasy, another big one. Yeah. So they've actually found one that I like, and I'm kind of digging it. I don't know if it's based on a real game because they keep saying things like, you know, when they've been on it, everything's based on real. If that's a legit Viking game, then they had better games than. That's all I'm saying. Thank it's, you. It's all entirely realistic, though. <laughs> the animus, it's all real. <laughs> that woman saying make my water flow is that not realistic also, I can talk- believe some viking <laughs> said the viking <laughs> equivalent of that at some point uh, I ain't gonna lie to you I will also say is, um, I haven't got to it yet but the animus isn't you. this is the game where the email system implies that the mixed broken up ending of the Assassin's Creed um, Ezio trilogy was what led to Covid so <laughs> Maybe it's not what you want. Assassin's Creed better plot. Hey, it's crazy. (laughs) Yay! Yeah, that's everything. So, what you're saying is I should get into it and start with Assassin's Creed. Got it. (laughs) No, never do that, man. (laughs) No, don't start with Assassin's Creed 1, 2. You're a crazy bastard. Start with 2, then 3. Is it 3? And then all the spin offs? You've you've missed several. 2 spin offs, 3, Black Flag. Then don't play another one until Valhalla. Out of interest, no. Like, I mean, no, I'd play Syndicate. You know, Squiggy skipped the ones with women again. Jesus Christ, like, uh, you, uh, hang on, you can be a woman in Valhalla. Yeah, you can. It's actually done really well how they... Um, yeah, like, yeah. I, would, I like the Animus there. choice. One. Yeah, that's quite cool. I was going to say, Slay, though, um, what's your Yo. favourite Pokemon game out of interest? Like, if you had to pick a generation, like red, two. blue, green, yellow, two. silver, gold, two. two. Okay, what colours are they? <laughs> GSC. Okay, so now if I told you that you had to go through all the others and play them before you got to them, would you would you accept that? Because that's what you're saying with Assassin's Creed. Sure. Oh fuck you! <laughs> I made a good point. <laughs> the difference is, Laura, I've not, like with Assassin's Creed, I've not played it for like they've just not really played them. With Pokemon, I have even in the weaker ones, I have like 20 years of love and nostalgia for them. I could do that quite. I've considered doing that, just going you, through you, all of them. Are you ruining my good point? <laughs> I mean, look, Laura, there's probably a franchises that you love, like Gears and Saints Row, where if you were like, this year I'm going to play through them all, even though there's like one or two weaker games in each series, you'd probably still just go, eh, I'll play them all again. Fuck, you got me, because that's what I did with Saints Row. There you go. You got me good, sir. <laughs> I started with three, and was like, and then four, and then I'm like, I love them so much. You know what? I know one and two are meant to be terrible, but I'm going, damn it, and I did. <laughs> two isn't that bad, if I Two is all right. Two was literally mess. Right. In bits. Like, not like the unplayable glitch, but you know when you see like a train go and you're like, that directly, like, why the fuck did that go? Ah, it's a and modern, it's, like, it's a modern game. Got it. Yeah, it's a modern game. <laughs> it's not, one is not even that bad. It's just a bit, um. Well, one, the franchise dive. didn't really know what it was at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was, it's a, it was trying to be a GTA thing, but it's a rough dive. But yeah, but I see your point, but I'm just saying, play Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, to, to assure listeners, I, I'm gonna play Odyssey. I'll probably. Really? Just because, well, I own Odyssey. Valhalla's another yeah, 50 quid. Good reason to play it. Yeah, good, play, good reason to play it. <laughs> I mean, if I like Odyssey, then I'll play Valhalla because it's essentially more of that. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Um, I'll go with my games. There's not really much else on from what you said. Astro's Playroom, um, such a good sort of introduction to the, the PS5 controller. And it's one of those games, I think, that if they'd release sort of it at 30 quid with obviously a few more levels and stuff i probably would have paid for it if i knew how good it was going to be i really enjoyed it i've got the platinum on it i don't platinum any many games so that's all you need to know on that uh i think um, i think it works better as a free tech demo 
Like we've yeah. seen other, we've seen Nintendo try and pull that off. With like yeah, Nintendo sorry, sorry. Games. I meant, I meant if they like showed off a tech demo with it and then had like a full right. add-on, if you know what I mean. So if they release sorry, a sequel, you'll be all over. Yeah, if there is a sequel, I'd probably buy it. Okay. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, I just thought it made made really good use of all the different bits in the controller because, to be fair, even in the PS4, the touchpad was kind of it just became a button. Yeah, if you know what I mean. For a lot games of games, use the swipe. Yeah. Which is why yeah, when like, I was on the game. PS5, I was like, oh, because it comes up in miles. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot that's a thing you can do with this. Yeah. And like that's the same with Astro. It was like, you can scribble on it. It was like, but it's, you press it and you get your Call of Duty kills and deaths up. That's all I knew it as. Um, so, yeah, that was that was good. Out I really of, enjoyed that. Out of interest, Glee, do you still have your VR headset? PSVR? No, I don't have a VR headset. Okay, forget that point. <laughs> I was going to be like, there's another <laughs> Astro game you can play, but no. I know. Uh, someone else mentioned that as well. And I was like, I would love to play it, but I don't have my headset. Because there was no games coming out for it. I didn't have enough space, really, to, to play. When I hit my hand off the wardrobe, it hurt. <laughs> it hurt quite a bit. Um, wow. Another game I've played a bit more, Forza, Forza Horizon. Just keep going back to it, doing a few races here and there, because it just loads so quickly that I can do that. Um, COD, like, not really much to what Laura said. It's probably one of my favourite Call of Duties of recent times. I think people probably think I say that about every Call of Duty. But I do really like this one. It just it plays so well, and you can you can tell the difference between this and Warzone, which uses the Modern Warfare engine. It just plays completely differently. Um, it's so much smoother, so much faster, and you kind of gunfights. You feel that even if you get shot first, you can still kind of win them if you can if you're good enough. Obviously, whereas in the old one, it was basically if you get shot, I'm in danger, and you die. Basically, that's pretty much how that was. Obviously, played that. Went back to play some Warzone, and I was really worried that. I was going to be a bit rubbish. Won the first game in a quads, which was quite unexpected. Probably should have won the second game as well. And then we had a bad night after that. It didn't go too well. So we swapped to Among Us, which is the first time, well, this past couple of weeks is the first time I've ever played Among Us. And I really wish I'd gotten into playing it a lot earlier. It's so much fun. And like you were saying, it's really stressful being the imposter. And I had one while playing one of the other maps, the outdoor one, I think it is. Yes. Couldn't tell you the name of it. And I killed someone, and I think I don't think the person knew where the um, the emergency meeting thing was. So he started chasing us around, and obviously I had to wait for my timer to cool down to kill again. And he's he's chasing me around the map, and I eventually sort of get the fi- get the fifteen seconds up, turn around, kill him, and that's what you get. And I think I, w- I know I didn't get that either, to be honest. But I don't know what he was doing. But I've noticed there's a few like idiots play the game as well, and there's a lot of people who are just very aggressive as well. I mean, I don't know, do you play it with randoms or do you play it like, with a group of people? No, I play with a group of people. Yeah, so we've played with a few randoms before and one of them wasn't like doing tasks and they were just sort of chilling in corners and stuff. So when when a dead body was found, we said that and basically just said, fuck off, it's not me. And I was like, wow, that's a bit... So we just voted him out anyway. It wasn't him, but we just voted him out anyway. I don't blame you, but again, I wouldn't play a random. Yeah, I think mean, we don't have enough people to play with. There's only sort of five of us playing it. And you can't really play a five like no, it's just a five really. So enough. yeah, but no, it's it's <laughs> been it's been really fun. I've really enjoyed playing it, and I just kind of want to play it again. Obviously, you can get it on your phone. I have it on there, but I prefer it on PC. It's a lot easier to move around and do everything on PC. And that's pretty much everything I've played, apart from FIFA, which Laura mentioned. Um, I did. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much all I've played. So we'll move straight on to on this day. This is. The 5th of January 2021, and straight after Christmas, not really much comes out, surprisingly. 
So this is a very short on this day. There's only two games which actually both came out in the same year, 2010. I swear um, to God, first if one, one of them's Metal Gear. I said this before we started. I said, Metal Gear Solid is on this list, and Laura didn't care. So uh, 5th of January, 2010, Metal Gear... No, Darksiders, the first one. I have never played a Darksiders game before. I mean, me neither, so, but No. <laughs> I thought you were like, whoa, that came out that long ago. I'm still playing it now. It's, uh, it's a franchise I want to play at some point, because I swear the second one got praised or like what some people were like this is the xbox's answer to zelda i know some other people were like no it's way better yeah i've never played it i've always liked the look of i think it might have been the third one so that's the most recent one obviously i think i always like the look of that one uh another game which i did play hey well hang on. Laura, have you played darksiders <laughs> darksiders yes yeah no oh. no there we go i knew that anyway just tele telepath telepathetically knew it he, he screwed up the word there to make that even more fit. Telepathically. He made it yeah. to make himself more telepathic. Yes, I mm. did. Um, the other game is a game that I've actually played. It is Bayonetta. That came out on Xbox in 2010 and PlayStation 3. I don't know if, if you played it, mm. anyone? Play it. No. No, I have regrettably not had a chance to play Bayonetta. I have the Wii U versions of 1 and 2 somewhere. I've never booted up, but I do need to uh, try at some point. Maybe when Bayonetta 3 comes out, it's a yeah, franchise I want to give a try. Yeah, to be fair, by the time this podcast is going live, it might have been announced, like with a release date. I highly unlikely. I mean, it's very unlikely, but you never know. But yeah, no, Nintendo, I've Nintendo played. Are pretty much done for the year now, I feel. Yeah, but maybe they might sneak something out at the Game Awards. Uh, you, you might get Game Freak announcing something. Yeah. That's oh, they might it. have snuck it out. At the, sorry, they might have snuck it out at the Game Awards. Sorry, <laughs> snuck it out. Yeah, because that's when because it was announced at the Game Awards in 2017. So you never know. Never know. Bayonetta 3. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, so you never know. Probably not, but you never know. Um, But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed Bayonetta. I've never played the second one, and obviously I'd probably play that before the third one. But yeah, I really enjoyed the first one. It just was just mindless hack and slash, but it was pretty cool, like the the soundtrack. People will kill you for that. What? Saying it's mindless. (laughs) To be honest, well... Considering it's in the same vein as like Devil May Cry and all that, which have all the whole like combo system and all the depth. See, I... I didn't really find much depth in it, to be honest. But it might have been because I was playing it on easy mode because I don't really play many of those kind of games. So I just found it. I could just sit there and just mash a couple of buttons and do what I wanted to do, and that was it. Squiggy played it on one-handed. Got it. Pretty much. But no, the, sound, <laughs> the soundtrack was pretty good. Gameplay was good. The characters were good. It was it was a good game. I really enjoyed it. Um, and speaking of soundtracks, this is where we move on to our sort of our main topic of this show. So we're just doing a special this week. There's just one one topic and it is video game soundtracks. So as we do for some of our other specials where we've done uh, our top games of all time, our games of the generation and so on, we're just going to pick four each and obviously we're going to go one one at a time, one each, and just go through them. Um, so Ezra, do you want to start us off as you start oh, off? it's always me, isn't it? Oh. It's always you. Squeaky, why don't you go first? You're the host. Lead by example. Oh, wasn't expecting this. Um, so my first one is The Last of Us. So obviously The Last of Us, you know what you get. You get a compelling story, some brilliant writing, and obviously the characters and the voice acting. But I find it's one of those games that absolutely nails it in soundtrack department. So from like the main theme, you've got like the eerie guitar that kind of sets up what this game kind of is. It's not like, you know, like some like action, action um, score or anything like that. It's just like one, one guitar or in certain places like a violin. And it just really sort of portrays like the emotion of the game and everything like that. Uh, there's one track which is it's a minute long, 
I think it's track eight on the soundtrack, in case you wanted to know. I can't remember the name of it, but it's track eight. Um, and that's like a minute long, and it's literally the violin. And it's so emotional that you can picture the scene if you've played it. You know the scene, and then when that plays, you kind of like get flashbacks to it. And it's just, yeah, it's one of my favorite soundtracks. And obviously the main the main theme carries on to The Last of Us 2, and it fits in perfectly. And it kind of fits in with the guitar theme of the game as well, because Joel and Ellie obviously play guitar and everything like that and it just it really fits in sort of the whole theme and behind it like with the guitar and with them playing the guitar i really it's one of my favorite soundtracks and you kind of it's one of them where when the main theme comes on which is probably going to be a theme in a lot of these soundtracks you sort of you know straight away what game that is um i don't know have you played last of us laser no laura have you played over to laura yeah of course i have twice yeah twice (laughs) so you must have liked the soundtrack in it right Oh, no. I played it twice. I played it on mute. <laughs> I like. Um, I mean, it's all right. It adds to the game. I honestly can't. <laughs> I can't honestly say it. I've ever sat watching Last of Us the soundtrack because the only thing I remember about the sound in Last of Us is um, effectively the clickers. I'm trying to do the door. Yeah, yeah, I kind of I I had a feeling that's what you're going to go for. That's all I remember. And other than that, I've got nothing. Dude. No, it's it's one of those. It's just. It's one of those soundtracks, like, it's really it's really passive in the way that it just sits there and plays in the background. Obviously, you've got parts of it which are really, like, epic moments and set up a lot of the, the emotion that I was talking about. But it's one of those soundtracks that just, it kind of just sits there and adds to the atmosphere of the game itself. And I think mm. that's kind of, that's kind of the soundtrack I like now in more recent times compared to probably some of the older soundtracks, which I'm, which are on my list as well. But this one is kind of, it's just, it's just there, but it does a really good job of being just there and also when it when it needs to kick on a little bit to make a moment a little bit more not epic but like a bit more emotional or portray a little bit more sort of doom and gloom and emotion it really does a good job of that i kind of, I kind of see your point because i'm thinking the hospital I yeah think, or maybe that's the giraffes, one of them or maybe the giraffes, the giraffes like, yeah yeah they're like the two i i can if i think about it i'm like oh yeah that music but yeah. I have to think about it because I, I know it's I obviously but it's just something I take for granted I guess with the game. Yeah, and it's like the bit the bit when um spoilers when Jill's daughter dies. That's the minute track that I was talking about. And if you listen to that, you can just like you can kind of picture the scene in a way. But I can't that's anyway. the first five minutes. Of, like, even I've played that, but oh well, that's the, yeah. But you know what people are like, Celeste. So you know what the internet spoilers like. if you've started the game you've seen it but spoilers if you started if you started the game but didn't get out of the house sorry <laughs> but you suck at games it's less that they suck it's more to what happened yeah what were you doing did you have a power cut and never went back i don't know but yeah um that's that's my first game laura do you want to take us away so you're going last now you know start with okay it's right ace attorney <laughs> well what <laughs> Wow, okay. So is that an objection? No, no, no. This is absolutely fine. I wasn't expecting anything Japanese from either of you. So <laughs> oh, You know what? You know me. I had, them, I had that secret little Japanese side quest with the Dango Rompers of the Phoenix Rice series. So, oh, I guess Pokemon as well, technically, but that's so mainstream that I didn't count. Um, yeah, anyway, Phoenix Rice Ace Attorney. I mean, you say about games, you know, the music drifted in the background, right? No, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney is a game where the music is one of the most notable things. To the point, because I'm going to openly say I'm not someone who listens to many video game soundtracks or pays much attention to the music, as Squiggy kind of highlighted when I responded to his last one. I found out, yes. 
Yeah, yeah. But with Phoenix Wright, there's a lot of the tunes where you would play it and I'd be like, that's Phoenix Wright. Or they just add to it. For example, I'm thinking more, a lot of the music using it is like the like tension. There's like the tension music where you feel like you're under pressure because you're trying to break a... <laughs> break a person sounds wrong. But you're trying to break someone in the stand because you know the truth. It's the whole, it, not just the objection, but the whole building up the music, which just adds to... You feel like you're meant to be sweating and over what you're doing, but obviously it's the music that's making you feel like that because it's getting faster and faster. Yeah, that that would say music adds to the game. But then it's also like the bits where you go to certain areas and the music just makes you feel like you're there. Like, there's um, I think it's called The Still Samurai is one of the cases in number one. I don't know if Slazer's played them, like, help me out with that name. But I think it's The Still Samurai. I have played none of them. Awesome, that's a bit weird. But anyway, <laughs> I assume Squiggy hasn't. No, I haven't. Yeah. You so I think there's a still samurai, and it's like meant to be a little bit more in a as a like tranquil sort of area. But you like when you turn up to find the you know investigate the crime, it's just the music feels like you're there because it's just the environment, what you're looking at, and stuff like that. And that's a, like a theme throughout the game. But then you also got the thinking music, which I caught. I'm dubbing it the thinking music, where you're like doing all the investigating. But it's like not like like you know typical stereotypical thinking music. But it's just it makes you feel like. A pace and like I don't know, it really helps you. <laughs> that sounds really what I've realised now. I should have wrote my essay. It's right. It sounds even better. Um, but also, then you've got the music that represents certain characters. For example, Dick Gumshoes, who's basically the Columbo character of the franchise. I mean, you both know who Columbo is at the very fucking least, right? Yeah. Or, you know, big raincoat, sort of a bit messy. He doesn't look like he's gonna be a sharp detective, but you know, sharper than him. Um, that sort of thing. So that music comes in. You're like, ah, Dick Gums is here, and then the little dialogue. I just. It's just one of those games where I don't think you need to stand alone. If I heard it on its own, I'd be like, this is all right. I mean, it's not annoying me, but I'm like, this makes me think of this. But it's one of those music that just enhances the game so much. I think it has to be on the time list. Thank you. And welcome to me actually putting a Japanese game in there and making Slazer make oh, noise. <gasps> Nani. What, so it sounds like, you're saying, I thought you were saying it sounds like Goofy. <laughs> I mean, That's what I thought you were going for. My, my, it did make him sound more than I was entailing. Just trying to make... Oh, God, Squeaky's going to have picked that off. No, I won't have. Don't worry, you're okay. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> Surprise. Take us away, Cerezo. Huh. I okay, yeah. Um wow. Uh, good good choices, good choices. I mean I've not played either, so I can't say whether they're bad choices <laughs> or not. Excellent choices! No idea what they are. They have me they have music, well done. Never heard of this last of right or Phoenix Us, but you know. <laughs> sure. The kids like them, I hear. Good for you. <laughs> So my uh, first choice is a game I've talked about a few times on this podcast because it was one of my favourite games of a generation and it came up in on this day segment. So I'm just going to get it out of the way to begin with. Undertale, uh, primarily composed by Toby Fox, like pretty much the entire game. Uh, It's the reason, uh, one of the main reasons I love Undertale so much is it pretty much uses, there's a musical term for it, and I apologise because I'm not an expert, so I know what it is, but there's a musical term where you essentially have the same core melody, and then use it throughout, uh, well, you in musical terms it would be a symphony, in this case it's throughout the soundtrack, and Toby Fox is a master of doing that in Undertale. He will use the same couple of core melodies or core themes and remix them throughout the entire game in entirely new and amazing ways, to the point where sometimes you don't even realise that it's going on. There's um, one bit where Napsterbluk, the ghost of Undertale, is essentially his theme is just a very slow, elongated version of the core Undertale theme. And you don't even really realise until someone points out, no, that's the Undertale theme, and you're like, and you sit there for like a few minutes and go, oh shit, yeah, it is. Uh, it's also a game where every single... I love 
every single track. I regularly listen to the soundtrack when I'm at work or something as like to have something on the background and it will take you on the entire journey. There isn't a dud track as it were across the entire thing from when you're in the ruins to Snowdon to the waterfall, I'm going to remember this, to Core. Yes, I think that's the next one. All the way to the end. And then, of course, there's all the songs that are so good that they've become actual memes, especially Megalovania, Sans boss battle theme, which is probably one of the most recognisable boss themes of the past five years or so. Uh, Megalovania <laughs> is a, a very iconic and recognisable boss theme, but to be fair, they all are. Hopes and Dreams, which is uh, Asriel's boss theme, is again another very well highlighted, epic kind of battle theme that manages to combine all the threads of all the... Uh, previous kind of boss themes and the journey you've been on up to that point which makes sense in the context of the story which I won't spoil but uh, it kind of works as the culmination of everything you've done the same way Megalovania works as the culmination of because uh, that's pretty much the end of the genocide route so it works as a brilliant kind of final this is your final challenge if you want to slaughter everything that moves I yeah I I love the entire soundtrack. It reuses the same beats. It manages to be a brilliant electronic score that reflects each area. When you're in going through Snowdon, the themes have that kind of like cold but yet warming half feel to them. When you're going through Core towards the end of the journey, you have this kind of sense of the journey is coming to its climax, coming to its resolution. Uh, when you're fighting the robot whose name I forget, it's all kind of very bzz, bzz, bzz soundtrack. I just yeah I. I adore it, and it's been well received enough that they celebrated by having an orchestral concert to celebrate its fifth anniversary that was watched by hundreds of thousands of people. And yeah, it is absolutely iconic, and a huge, huge thank you for Toby Fox, because uh, it's, it's been amazing. It's one of the things people love most about Undertale, which is impressive, because everyone loves everything about Undertale. And uh, the soundtrack is one of the biggest reasons I'm excited to see what he does in Delta. Yeah, I've not... I've listened to like a couple of tracks from Undertale. I've never played it. You'd have heard Megalovania. I would lay money on you've heard Megalovania. Yeah. <laughs> and it just it does they do sound really good. Like there's probably stuff that you could listen to when not playing a game. I in fact do. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um which I think is a lot of what these soundtracks are kind of about as well. Obviously they add to games, but Yeah, there's definitely like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna smirch Laura's choice. There's definitely some soundtracks which when you listen to them on their own aren't amazing, but in the context of the game take it to that next level and are worth shouting out for that regard and no doubt me yeah. and Squiggy will probably have picks that do that as well but uh as yeah. I say under- well. <laughs> no god but pick the superior soundtrack I didn't say no that's not what I said I said I we'll probably have examples of that so I'm saying that like, this is one where I can listen to it on its own yeah. but there are also right. soundtracks that are uh, in highlighted by the game what I have I have an example of that I'll be pleasantly surprised okay do you want is that say you saying you want to go next Laura Oh, no, no, I, no, no, oh, what? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, a soundtrack that's standalone good is what I would prove my point, right? Pick whatever you want, Laura. There's no point to want, Laura. There's no, no, there's no right and wrong. I know, I was just which I'm going. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go here, and I think something you, neither of you two will pick. I don't even know if you played it with you again, but Grim Fandango? Deadly. I played, I played it on PC a long time ago. Swayze? It's part of Bohemian Rhapsody, right? <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Laura. So... <laughs> this it's a cult classic or whatever the whole skeletons and obviously sort of a noir game i'd say that's fair to say like a film noir sort of that type that whole vibe and it's like got all that going for it but you know how it gets that theme across with its freaking soundtrack that's right a soundtrack i could actually listen to on its own as well it's so fucking good right jazzy 
big band vibes. Granted, if you're not into some jazz, jazz, if you're not into jazz or big band vibes, you're absolutely garbage. But, oh my god, the soundtrack, I love that. Just smooth, sort of goes with the rhythm. It's kind of chill, but then there's some upbeat numbers for the, like, the more upbeat uh, bits of the game. It puts you in the setting and the scenario, the vibe they want to get across of the game. But on its own, super cool music. For example, one, I think, the so- I want to say this is right, the song High Roller. Honestly, I don't use this lightly, but it's a sexy piece of music. Honestly, super sexy. Not like, you know, I'm really into it, but like it puts sexy vibes out there and does it, mwah, chef's kiss. And I'm going to be like, if you ever play Grim Fandango, I, you know, like I said, I don't say about the soundtrack often, but it's an amazing game. And yet I will still say the soundtrack is probably one of the best things about it, like in the top three. And it's like an amazing game with this such a good soundtrack that I'm like, nope, this is the real deal. I'd buy this on a separate CD if we were back in the days where I buy music, buy music, bought music. I think it's on Spotify. I think it is on Spotify. I think I have it on a playlist. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I you was could, like, how? You can still buy post- CDs, Laura. No, you can't. <laughs> Not if you're cool. I'm cool. <laughs> I'm as well, cool as the vibes this it gives me. Wow. Um, how do you feel about not being cool? Because I don't like it. This is a revelation. After 30, year, 30 years, I thought I was the coolest guy in the room. And now <laughs> it's all falling apart around me. You know you know how you can make yourself cool? Grim Fandango music. Sucking in the vibes. Because, oh my god. Sexy, suave, sophisticated. Mwah, chef's kiss. The games, like I said, are great. So you should play that too. But I'm going to lower the bar for you. Say, listen to the soundtrack. Just a couple of tunes. High Roller in particular. So if I want to be sucking and sexy, listen to <laughs> Grim Fandango. What we've learned here is I'm really into the soundtrack. A worrying amount. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I don't I'll... really have anything I have to add to it other than... No, I've got nothing. Perfect. I think it's I think I remember listening to it back in the day and it was... I don't remember much of it, so I can't really comment on it. Um, shall I go next then? Yeah. So my next one is the God of War soundtrack, the current, like the latest God of War game. 2018. Um, 2018, yeah. And it's just, it's a weird one, this one. So I really, I really like the soundtrack, but I kind of really like the backstory to the soundtrack as well. So like, I don't know if anyone knows the guy who composed it, Bear McCreary, but he did the Walking Dead um, theme as well as obviously other Battlestar Galactica and stuff like that. So obviously God of War set in a Norse mythological world is obviously completely different to what he did and i really like the sort of the backstory where he spent loads of time researching like viking folk music to get the right instruments for this game because obviously we've been set in like norse like norse mythology sort of times um and it's just it's just a fantastic soundtrack from sort of the game overture when it kicks in it's just it's just incredible like the use of all the stuff that you would probably hear in Viking folk music. I've never listened to Viking folk music myself, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's not something that I, I do listen to. But good, you can get, like... You, you can kind of get the feeling of, like, a Viking invasion kind of thing from the music in it. And that's just from the main theme. And then you've got you've got loads of other parts of the soundtrack. So towards the end, when they reach the end of... When you reach the end of the game, basically, and the quest that they need to do, the soundtrack becomes a lot sort of lighter and a lot more, like joyful and happy but it still keeps the same kind of themes in it it doesn't like suddenly change from like all this viking angry aggressive music to like a little piano it sort of it keeps the same kind of instruments and stuff in it it just obviously changes the pitch and the speed and the volume and all of that to create such a good soundtrack and it's one of them where i do listen to this while not playing the game and i finished the game and i went straight to spotify got the soundtrack up and just started listening to it um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but at E3 2016, um, it was performed live, the main theme, when they unveiled God of War. 
I don't know if anyone remembers that. But it, um, really, but sure. my only memories of E3 music is that painful one where they did The Last of Us 2 and then I had to watch some guy with a giant wind instrument who's probably very talented but that was like <laughs> half an hour of my life while they were setting up it was like you, well, you, s- <laughs> you say E3 music I just think of uh, Wii music <laughs> yeah well, I, to be honest that's all I really think of as well apart from that but it, it's such oh, man, just it's one of those carry on yeah well, yeah, but it's um, it's one of those soundtracks where it obviously because the game has, if you think of God of War before this game, you kind of thought of like aggressive Kratos who just like killed people for for shits and giggles basically. But now he's obviously become more of a parent, so the the soundtrack sort of follows that. So while the theme is quite aggressive, the parts with him in when he's with Arteus, it's kind of a lot more sort of not somber, but a lot more not as in your face as Kratos was in the last game. So it kind of the music sort of matches with with him as well, with how Restraint. his feelings are. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Thank you. And then, obviously, later on in the game, spoilers, when you have to go and get your... Is it the Swords of Sparta? I can't remember the name of them. I really can't remember. But to what, like, I think it's about the two-thirds into the game, you get them. And the music for that is just absolutely epic. Like, I've never played the original Gods of War, God of Wars, but I got goosebumps from that part of it because the soundtrack just made so much to it. And it's just... It's just epic. And you kind of like reading the backstory of um, Bear McCreary, like how he composed it. He was like, I can sort of fit into this because he just had a son or he just become a parent. So he was like, well, I can give my own experiences from this to the soundtrack as well. And I think it's just really cool sort of not just the soundtrack itself, but like the backstory behind it as well. And there we go. Has I, anyone played God of War? I have played God of War this year. Um, this is another case of me maybe taking it for granted. I remember playing a bit of God of War and listening to a podcast. Um, <laughs> wow. I can even tell you the podcast. Um, not It was it was totally this one, lagging behind. Oh, Thank you. It's impressive uh, it wasn't out in 20. No, it's very lagging behind I, I played, games. Um, God of War. I played a God in November. <laughs> okay, just, impressive. Just, just <laughs> There the, you go. Just, just for the record. Oh no, was it November? Maybe a bit further back. First lockdown, so not November, so maybe near the it's end of November the is now, Laura, as we... I know, I just realised that. <laughs> Go back a couple <laughs> months. Go back. Um, but yeah, so I tried to correct myself. Um, yeah, the first lockdown I played it, um, obviously I haven't pl- listened to a podcast, maybe I'm not the person to power over the music uh, points. Um, this is when I was doing side quests a little bit, it's not when I was doing the main story before I get the show. But um, yeah, the bits of music I paid attention to add to it. It's one of those ones, again, I think I took for granted. Like, it enhanced the experience, but I wasn't sat there going, my God, this music is amazing. But when you started talking about it, I was like, oh, yeah, if I just think back in my mind, that was some pretty epically done music. Yeah. No, it's it's a really... A lot of... Apart from, like... I mean, The Last of Us, I wouldn't class it as an old game, but my other two soundtracks are from games a little bit older than Last of Us in this, in this one. And obviously, God of War is probably the most recent. But there's not many... I don't think there's many soundtracks these days that are kind of as epic as maybe previous ga- like previous years and everything like that. Um, obviously, Cerezo's probably going to wrong me right now with his game choice, soundtrack choice. No, none of mm. mine. Like, none of mine are for this decade. Yeah, oh well. Oh no, Take I did away, this, so I won him out of bounds. Until it was 2015. I think that's the newest yeah. one. Yeah, go on, Cerezo, take it away. Yep, uh, so now it's time for another one, which I hope both of them will know when immediately when I go, na, 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 na. To be honest, I thought you were starting the Lion King theme. I'm not going to lie. Katamari uh, Never played Katamari. And you don't know that theme? God, wow. Nope. Just dealing with plebs. 
So, <laughs> Kanemai Damacy, primarily composed by Yue Miyake, who is uh, one of Namco's main composers, who's worked on, also worked on the Tekken and Ridge Racer series. Uh, so, Katamari Yamasi is not, uh, uh, maybe a little bit kind of like Phoenix Wright before, as Laura mentioned. It's not a soundtrack that necessarily takes you on a journey. It's not like Undertale or Last of Us or the ones we just talked about, God of War. I, I have a memory. But uh, yeah, it's not like one of those. <laughs> it is very much kind of spotlight soundtracks that may suit the level or may just be epic or epic J-pop because why the heck not? And it's absolutely amazing besides the core theme that pretty much everyone in gaming will know off by heart as soon as you hum those opening beams apart from squiggy apparently uh there's so much there are songs which are comprised entirely of animal noises for levels where you have to roll up animals there is jazz there is samba i'm pretty sure there's an acapella song in one of the later soundtracks it's absolutely mental and it's absolutely brilliant every song is its own very distinct unique kind of piece that fits in with the levels and i adore the whole soundtrack from uh katamari on the rocks which is the name of the main theme to stuff like cherry blossom color season uh lonely rolling star which they have a few levels that kind of really highlight the uh isolation that someone comes from being the principal cosmos and having to roll up the great infinity that is the world uh, it has a few nice kind of angry, uh, not so much angry, but kind of disappointed songs just for when you fail the King of All Cosmos's missions. There is, yeah, there is so much to love to the point where this is mainly a primarily a J-pop based soundtrack, but it won both the IGN and GameSpot soundtrack of the year in 2004 because the music is so iconic in this entire series. And it's gone on to be such throughout from Katamari Damacy to We Love Katamari, Me and My Katamari, Beautiful Katamari, the other ones of Katamari Forever. It's The soundtrack is one of the main things that people adore about Katamari Damacy, and with good reason. As soon as you hear those opening boats, you know you're in for a fun. So yeah, absolutely have to give a shout out to Katamari Damacy and its composer, Yue Miyake. Neither of you have played Katamari Damacy, so this <laughs> won't work. No. 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 I have absolutely nothing to say about that, unfortunately. I like the fact you were very researching your um, composers and stuff like that, because I was saying before this podcast that I am just really awful at composer names and stuff. I could have wrote them down, but I you know how I announced things, so I thought, nope, going to butcher that. What, what yeah, happened I didn't... is, you mentioned that, and I was like, oh yeah, that, and did that. <laughs> and you went and showed me up, and you were like, ah Yeah. That's it. Can, I, mean, I, give, I give you a cool backstory, so... I expect to know everything about the composer for Katamari. Cool. Go Wikipedia. I will. I will. Laura, do you want to hit us with another one? I can hit you with my best shot. Well, actually, I've hit you with my best shot because Grim Fandango, baby. Um, I'm going to say Halo 3. Oh, a good like choice. Everyone's going to be like, yeah, girl, you're right. Right. So basically, when you first said about the soundtrack episode, after shitting myself and freaking out that it's my weak spot, the first thing that comes to my head was Halo and I was like, well, that says that, you know, that says everything. You say great soundtracks, best soundtracks of all time, comes to my mind. Um, I was trying to think how to describe this, because obviously we don't want to hit with one of those copyright things by doing the tune, right? But the menu music on Halo 3, the RRR bit, you know, the sort of holy choir. I know what you mean. I'm humming it in my head right now. Yeah, yeah. That is so stupid. But then you're like, it's one of those, as soon as you hear it, you're like, Halo, yep, yes, please. And it's just... I don't know. There's, I don't think there's ever been nicer menu music, right? So there's that. Then you have, right? Let's be honest. 
I say that I sometimes take the soundtrack for granted and all that stuff. You know what I don't take for granted in Halo? The bloody soundtrack. I don't pay attention <laughs> to the story instead. I can only have, I can, I have to delete things apparently. No idea what's happening in the story. No idea what they're saying half the time. So I zone out and cut scene. But when the music cuts in and their stuff, I'm like paying attention. I'm like, this is epic. And I get the gist of what you want me to feel. Don't even the music, not from your convoluted plot. That's right, big word there. Um, I was going to point out, apart from the, you know, the uh, menu music, is uh, obviously, I want, I did look this up, I think I've got the right song. The Warthog Run tune, which is like when you're like in a Warthog. Like a big, be the, that'll be the end of the game, won't it? Yeah, when you're driving through and it's like, it starts slow and it builds up, builds up, builds up, yeah. and it gets louder, the drums get louder. And yeah. then they even throw, throw in a few, ah, oh, like that. Like, no, that's, that's, just, that's just your character when he gets blown up. Oh, uh, no, but um, that... I I get chills with that music, like physical goosebumps, and I say this because I want to say it was used in Forza. I can't tell you which one. Could it be the current Forza Horizon, where you unlock the warthog or there's uh, a warthog. Forza Horizon Three. Yeah, that plays, and I'm like, in, but it's like the music takes that that little special race to the next freaking level because that music just it's it just transports you. You know, it's so you feel like. You know, you're not even in a race against time, really, because, you know, that they give you plenty of time in that one. But I'm still like, oh, my God, this is epic. I've got, I've got a phone, you know, I don't. Gives you a lot of time. But that, it just gets the blood pumping, you know? Yeah, I feel, I can't look beyond Halo. I feel the really simple one to explain, and I feel like you're both going to agree with me. Booyah! Yeah, well, Halo 3 was in my list as well. Um, but I could have picked either Halo or Halo 2. So I love, like, the main theme you talked about, which is obviously in Halo, the original. And then it gets the guitar. In Halo 2 with the... Um, oh, what's the name of it? The Mollinger remix, I think it's called? Mollinger. Um, yeah. And I it's just, wouldn't... I'm not fantastic. It's just epic. And then, like, Halo 3 sort of takes the theme and then, like, runs away with it in a way. So it adds it to so... Like, it's repeatable, but it's one of those songs that you can repeat it so many different ways and it just sounds epic. So I've got a couple of favourites. Um, never, Well, Never Forget is one of my favourite Halo songs and it's actually the theme music on the menu when you're waiting to start a game like in multiplayer if you're searching and i just love it it's like it's got nothing to do with like epic i just love the music it's so relaxing and so chill before you end up going into sort of kill as many people as possible um and then finish the fight which is kind of as it kind of says towards the end and when the piano kicks in on that again goosebumps it's just it's just so good um but yeah like i think sort of the composers martin o'donnell and Michael Salvatore could just kind of if you play Destiny they compose Destiny as well and yeah, I when I play say. Destiny I get really good like Halo vibes from that and it's so it's so like the music and that's so epic and I think they've just kind of between them they've composed some epic sci-fi music for like games like Halo and Destiny and it's it was just choosing between the two because that's the thing I was gonna say Destiny but then I was like I can't have Destiny and Halo and then yeah. it was like I want to choose between but not because they're like exactly the same soundtrack but they give you the same vibe same thing it feels like I need a you look at Destiny, and I think the reason why it comes across so epic sometimes when I originally played it was because it made me think of Halo. Yeah, no, that's what I, I remember playing it, and I was like, this sounds like Halo, and then people were saying, because it's the same composers, and I was like, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, that explains everything. But This, no, it's, this game it's... made by Bungie sounds like Halo. I know! Made by Bungie. Yeah. Like and, it pl- and it plays like Halo. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Oh, Don't you dare insult no, Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, so this was passionate. But I yeah, mean, um, hey, hey, don't get me wrong. You've also what you've done there is you've highlighted why the bit I both love and hate about the Halo soundtrack. In fact, Squiggy's done it perfectly there. Squiggy has highlighted the menu theme and the climactic theme. 
<laughs> I couldn't name you any other Halo song. Those two songs so, are masterpieces. I couldn't tell you anything yeah. in between them. But I think I think this is this is kind of what I said as well that they kind of use the main theme in different parts of all the other ones, so you never really know which one it is. If you know what I mean, you never really know which song. If say you bought the soundtrack, you wouldn't really know which which one it is that you've listened to and really liked because it's the one at the end. I think and it the uses, one at the start. Well, no, but I mean, like, if you liked the one in the middle and it was like it had the part of the intro one in, you might play the first song and go, "This is the one I like," and then play a bit later on. Oh no, it's different. It's got a bit more like might have a bit more guitar remix in the back of it and stuff like that. But yeah, it's it's one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Sizer, so, do you want to take us away since I've kind of gone there? It's a few after. amazing songs, but to me, it's not an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, that's my fundamental difference, which people will probably disagree with, but. It's an understandable point because I do. When I was going through the whole soundtrack, there were ones where I was just like, "Cool, it's just a bit filler." Um, I can tell you what mission it was from, etc. But I thought that just because of how epic certain bits of it is, I can't not put it in the best of all time. Oh no, yeah. no, it's it's definitely an iconic thing. But uh, what what shall I do next? Uh, you know what? I'll save that one for last. So in that case, I'll uh, continue to be my little weeb self by championing Persona, specifically Persona 4. Primarily composed by Shoji Meguro, who has done or worked on most Atlas games. Hang on, I'll bring up the list now, because there is a butt turn. So, besides the Persona series, he's also worked on a bunch of the Shin Megami Tensei stuff, like Digital Devil Saga and uh, Strange Journey. He's worked on the Catherine games, he worked on the Trauma Center games... He's, uh, he's done a heck of a lot for Atlas, and personally, I feel Persona 4 is some of his best work uh, alongside um, Shihoko Harata, who did a lot of the vocals for uh, some of the vocalized songs with the soundtrack. They are utterly brilliant at accentuating the mood of whatever season or whatever kind of area of the game you're in. So you have some nice upbeat summer vibes with stuff like Heartbeat Heartbreak or Your Affection. You have brilliant, like, melodic, more somber winter songs like uh, both the vocal and the instrumental mix of uh, Snowflakes. You have amazing core themes like Shadow World and Reach Out to the Truth, which are so good they both play at the start of the game when you see the opening cutscene, and are the battle themes. And even though you'll be playing these games for a 100 plus hours likely, those themes never get old. We'll never get tired of hearing those opening strands of Reach Out to the Truth or of Shadow World as you go into every single fight. The boss themes uh, managed to be managed to be an epic, uh, epic, yeah, can't speak. Managed to be like an epic combination of everything you've struggled through to that dungeon, and now as you finally fight to uh, either help the Persona user or uh, fight fight some of the other dudes who you fight in the uh, that campaign. It comes up with create like little mini ditties like every day is great at your Junez, which Persona fans will know off by heart. And these I two, know that one. Oh my god, Squeaky knows one. Yes, I know that one. Hey, see, oh, it's yeah. instantly recognisable, even though it's just this, even though it's just a silly fake advertisement ditty, instantly recognisable, and that's kind of why I love the Persona soundtrack. It's been so good. That uh, when they released the soundtrack in Japan, it topped the charts for the week it came out, selling over 27,000 units. And yeah, there was another thing I wanted to say about it as well. Oh, right, yeah. And it's so good that they've literally made games based around the music of Persona. There was a Persona 4 Dancing All Night on the Vita, and then obviously ported to the PS4 alongside 
versions for the Persona 3 and Persona 5 soundtracks because people love it that much and have remixed it time after time after time. They're, I'd argue, one of the most uh, one of the most iconic JRPG soundtracks. There are definitely others that could uh, take that claim as well, but uh, the Persona 4 soundtrack is a masterpiece and one that I've listened to so many times since I first played Persona 4 Golden back in 2013, and I am very happy that it exists. Yeah, that was, that it, was really beautiful, Slater, the way you said it was. that. It was. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to pause for, for a moment to appreciate that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's a game that I've dabbled in, and like you said, I know the, the Junus thing, yeah. and it's it's a game like, the, even the soundtrack sort of early on, it is really good, like even when you're in talking to the, um, I can't remember the name of it, Basically, it's the, is it the Velvet. A Velvet Room. Yeah, oh, my, yeah, so... Yeah, the Velvet Room. I didn't really go into that one because that's been... I think that's in... I'm not sure when the current version of it came from, but they've basically used the same version of that for, like, a decade at this point. But it is... Yeah. Again, that's also a testament to how iconic it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, there's, there's bits and bobs I remember from my short time playing it, which kind of probably is a testament to, to how good the soundtrack is if someone it's who's played it for catchy, yeah. four or five hours. Yeah. can pick up on bits of it. So, yeah, if Squeaky can remember it, having played a few hours, like, five plus years ago, yeah, it's catchy. Yeah. Laura, I know you dabbled in it. Did I dabble in it? Did I? I mean, you've loaded the game up. That is got. Yeah, and once again, I don't remember the soundtrack. It's like I played the game on... <laughs> you probably did with it being on the Vita. I think I may have, because I would have been in the front room watching TV and playing it, hence why I got so fucking confused Okay. There you go. Laura. I I will go listen to Persona Soundtrack. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just about to say, because you've got your new headset that you were boasting about earlier. Boasting, but yes. <laughs> Please sure. use it. For Persona? For games. I am, to be fair. <laughs> out of the games I've played so far, they've all got epic soundtracks. <laughs> so should we, re- should we revisit this in a year's time? Yeah, just I was popping along yeah. to uh, hit you with your best shot in quarter of the level. So uh, maybe, maybe now I've got a great headset, new and improved soundtrack, loving. Lo- maybe, hopefully, maybe, maybe now. Um, Laura, do you want to take us away with your last one? Probably. Oh, this is going to be the ground finale, guys. And I've saved the betrayal in Slazo's chest for last. Uh, obviously, you reference stuff. This is normally Squiggy's forte to talk about, but baby, I've got Metal Gear Solid Three in this list. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. I'm appeasing to you. No, no, yeah. no. What you've done I, here is now Squeeze is going to be judging you for any comments you make on it and is calculating which one he thinks is the best. I'm just I like, thought, great, I had great. Pick for a while. I'm just great. But... It's Mel Gear again. Okay. Snaggy. Sorry, yeah, Laura. Okay. You just took my fun. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all Laura's got. Snaggy. I'm so sorry, Laura. Please, please tell me why you <laughs> love MGS3 soundtrack. Because, right, I will say the main theme is slow pacing is a bit of an epic. It's a bit of a slow burner. Scream might disagree with us. I mean, it is is six and a half minutes long, so it is a little bit of a slow burner. It's the best Metal Gear song. There you go. Snake Eater's amazing. I love Snake Eater. No, 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 not not Snake Eater. This is the actual theme to the game. This is just the main theme. I I enjoy the main theme just because of how slow it starts. And you think, okay, but then it sort of builds and builds and gets very epic. And I feel like that's a... Reflection of the game, to be honest. I'm actually putting a shield up Benji, so I know Spunky's going to swing for me. Because it's a bit... <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 3, I went on the back of not overly Metal Gear Solid 2. Shield up. And Metal Gear Solid 3, to me, I slow, it slowly sucked me in. I slowly started to fall in love with the game. Which is a reflection of how the main theme is, to be honest with you. Little, little, uh, 
comparison for you. But yeah, I did put Metal Gear Solid 3 in for one thing. It is a bloody snake eater. That is one of the best of all things. When the credits play and it's like snake eater, all that stuff, honestly, chills. Loved it. And I, I've actually listened to the song individually and not because like Squiggy had me hostage or anything like Gen Generally couldn't deny it, I think, from the best original songs from a video game. Thank you. That's all I want to be saying about That's it. That's all you've got. I know it's so... So yeah, I do like the Metal Gear Solid 3 soundtrack for that. I like a lot of the the vocal songs in there. So obviously you've got Snake Eater, um, Wait Fall by Star Sailor, which is a really good song. And then Don't Be Afraid, which kind of plays at the end after, I think it's after Eva leaves, I think it is, I can't remember. And they're all like really good vocal soundtracks. Obviously you've got some healing soundtracks on the codec, which are like good, like Chuck Chunk Raspberry's on there, Star EK, some people I've never heard of, but there's some, yeah, there's some bands and it's like vocal songs, but I don't really, apart from the main theme, I don't get anything out of the Metal Gear Solid 3 soundtrack. Like, you take, you take those, you take those vocal songs out of there and it's just a generic soundtrack for me. But Snake Eater is such an epic song that it kind of does step it up a little bit. And it could be a, it could be a song that could be on a James Bond theme. I think it's that good. Yes. And that is the exact vibe you get from me, James Bond, and you know, James Bond themes. Fucking love him. <laughs> yeah. So, shall I just go straight into my next one? Obviously, I was going to have to put a Metal Gear Solid game in here. Oh, for because I've played them, I've played them so much, <laughs> <laughs> and it really annoys Laser, which I really enjoy even more. And like you already before, said, the best one. Ah, which it hasn't. <laughs> and if you want to, if you want to judge a Metal Gear Solid soundtrack on vocal tracks. There's a lot, obviously there's vocal tracks in every single one. And to be honest, I would put the vocal tracks in five above, <clears throat> sorry, above everything else. Because I think they are pretty epic. But when it comes to actual sort of orchestral music, um, Metal Gear Solid 4 does it for me, orchestral wise. Um, obviously you've got Old Snake theme at the start, which the, the theme of it kind of, the song is kind of, it's not a struggle, but the way it like kicks in, it, it makes it sound like, someone's struggling which is exactly what snake's doing because he's old at that point um and that kind of like fits in with the theme of it and then you've got the themes for each of the um different oh, what they're called beauty and the beast unit the different ones of them and they all like really fit in well so laughing octopus is um is one which is quite it's quite a creepy theme because the boss battle against laughing octopus becomes quite of a, a creepy battle so that kind of adds to the atmosphere from that um Later on in the game, you've got Crying Wolf, which I believe, if I remember rightly, was a bit further down. I can't remember anyway, but there's basically a part of it where it's a remix of a Metal Gear Solid 1 soundtrack because it played when the person who, Otagon, if you know who he who is, the person he fell in love with in the first one died. And then in the fourth one, the person he fell in love with died. So they played the same soundtrack, but obviously upgraded it for like next gen. What I think, and it's such an epic song that I just I love listening to it. Um, and then t at the end of the game, you've got the Metal Gear Saga, which is basically the Metal Gear Solid Three theme, but remixed with a few extra bits and bobs, and also slowed down to tell more of the story of the fight on top of um, GW between Liquid and Solid Snake, or Ocelot and Solid Snake, whichever one he fancies being at that point. Uh, father and son. <laughs> he fancies being. That sounds yeah. like the fucking plot of Metal Gear Solid there. Yeah. Uh, father and son, such a good, such a good song. Um, that's when obviously Snake meets his father in the graveyard, and it kind of that song kind of brings everything 
together in a way like the way the theme like sort of kicks in and then slows down a lot and it becomes really sort of happy and joyful it kind of it's like the end of metal gear solid the series which says it would love so it kind of like fits really in well with there and then you've got a couple of um uh, lyrical songs in their love theme which is it's pretty good it's seven minutes long so it gets a little bit boring but then um here's to you which i think is a really good song but that also appears in the trailer for ground zeros and in metal gear solid 5 and it's it's a really good song um so that's why metal gear solid 4 is in my list I could have picked, to be honest, I could have picked any of them because there's such, apart from three, because there's such good um, tracks in there for them all. And the vocal soundtracks, you've got a choice from every single game because they're all epic. And uh, there's actually a CD called, the, I think it's the vocal um, ones. And I could just listen to that all the time. And that is my Metal Gear Solid 4. I just wanted Slazo's reaction because I think he's broken. Have I broken Slazo? Just, just <laughs> the worst. It was just so good when he was just so silent. I mean, I I think I summed it up pretty well why I like that soundtrack. Sure. Yes. Okay, let's get the thing straight. I've be- I've played fuck all Metal Gear, so I have no actual opinion on this. It's more... Yeah, yeah. When, you, when you've been around Squiggy and he's like, oh, it's Metal Gear, it's like, yeah, yes, dear. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's because I've played them so back. much that I do like and know a lot of the themes and everything. And yeah, they all no, sort that's of... the thing. I won't judge you. It's like me and Pokemon. Like, we, you're so yeah. intimate with the soundtrack by that point. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Go on this, Laser. Finish. Round us off with your with which Metal Gear Solid you're picking. I was going to say, here we go. Metal Gear Solid 1. <laughs> uh, no. And also, surprisingly to some people, not Pokemon. Didn't pick that. Yeah, Slazer, before you start, can I just say one thing about Metal Gear Solid? Go for it. So, in Metal Gear Solid 1, Obviously, not one that I picked. the The vocal soundtrack is actually used as an intro to a band called Bring Me the Horizon. They use it on one of their songs. I don't know if you've heard of Bring Me the Horizon, but they're a big British. Um, I have, like, in fact, punk. heard of Bring Me the Horizon. You have, and they use the um, opening, like, lyrical part of a song on their song, Shadow Moses. And there's that interesting tidbit for you. So, carry on, Slazer. Tell us your last one, which isn't Pokemon. Do you, do you want to go? Do you want tidbits about two and five while you're at it? Or? No, I just I like two for Yell for Yell Dead Cell, which is a really good remix, and five is just epic, but not as good as four. There you go. And they're all not as good as three. So the, my <laughs> my uh, final choice is not just the game that has an amazing soundtrack. It's got a, it's a game that has just amazing sound design and sound direction. Full stop. So I have decided to close this out with Shadow of the Colossus, arguably one of the most iconic soundtracks of all time, which is surprising because if you play the game after the introduction, you'll be like, there is no soundtrack. It's just ambient background noise as you... This is kind of what I was about to say. Yes. So (laughs) a lot of the game is focused on the theme of isolation. So you're riding around on aggro. And there's, there's to say, there's amb- the ambient noise, the birds flying through the sky, there's it scuttling across the grass, the wind, stuff like that. But no, not so much music to say until, of course, you stumble upon one of the titular colossuses or colossi, even I think that's the correct term. At which point the soundtrack kicks in, and because you've had the juxtaposition of silence, but now there's sound, it really does help to emphasise these, uh, the fights in the game but also the songs that you're going to be listening to yourself. I'll admit, I don't know the name of most of the songs off the top of my head, so I won't be able to give you specific names, but they are all 
they all serve to amplify the fact that you're in the presence of greatness when you fight these colossuses. And they manage to transition perfectly from when you first discover one and see it just wandering around peacefully in its own habitat. They rarely kind of go for you unless you provoke them. But then obviously as you approach, it starts to build up a little bit. And then as you start to either like say distract them, get their attention or start climbing up them, it starts to build up more and more and more as you're now in this journey to try and conquer it and climb up to its usually its head to uh, stab it in the brain. And as it goes further and further, it builds and builds and builds up until as you get the poignant stabs as you start smashing its head in and trying to kill it and you desperately cling on for dear life as it's trying to fling you off for its own life. And the soundtrack at that point kind of rises to its crescendo as you're in this real battle, a life and death struggle. It's something that really helps make the uh, battles so iconic and they do have variations of this as you go throughout the game just so it's not just the same soundtrack for every single fight until the finale. But uh, I do absolutely adore it and they help to make not just those moments but also a few of the poignant moments in the story. Um, spoilers, uh, aggro fall down a cliff at one point and uh, pretty much the point where you have to kind of abandon aggro to continue on your journey to the final Colossus. And the music really kind of hammers home the sorrow and the finality of that, that this is the end of your journey and sacrifices must be made so that you can uh, resurrect your dead girlfriend. So <laughs> it's, it's a masterful soundtrack, which has a masterful climax in its final battle as you fight. Oh, I can never remember his name. I was going to say Atlas. It's not Atlas, the name of the final Colossus. But kind of it all builds throughout the entire game from each Colossus you find up until the final confrontation. And then, of course, everything that happens after the final confrontation or after each Colossus, as you've successfully killed it and you can see its energy dissipating as it kind of falls apart. And that same song each time just to hammer home with just a little bit extra each time that... uh you're taking another step on your journey and that you have taken another life so that you can save one. It's, I, I adore it. It's won the soundtrack, it's won soundtrack of the year awards in the past. It's probably, even though, as I say, a lot of this game doesn't use soundtrack, it uses ambient noise, it's probably one of gaming's most recognisable uh, melodies, as it were. And uh, I, yeah, I adore Shadow of the Colossus and the music is one part of that and I absolutely wanted to uh, highlight it because it was one of the games you can saw brought up by almost everyone back when the uh, the 30, 30 day soundtrack challenge was a thing going around on Twitter and uh, for good reason it's a masterpiece yeah I've not I've, I've played the game I finished the game which probably might surprise you anyway but yes. uh, <laughs> that's good but it's, it's a sound I don't really a bit like Laura I don't really remember the soundtrack to it I kind of remember bits and bobs oh. but not not loads of it to be able to say like what you said about it it's but not, i do remember it being it's not easy just, it's not like i can do na 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 kamaidamasi or snake eater or anything like that because it, i mean it's all it's none of it's lyrical for example it's all orchestral but uh yeah as it's i it's not like snappy little ditties as it were that come to mind but uh it is just a it's a symphony basically laura have you got anything you want to add i mean I will say, Slazo really sells me on the soundtracks when he speaks of them, because he speaks with such love in his heart for them. But I feel like I'm going to have to go do some research after this, because I don't know if I feel the same, or Slazo's just very good at putting passion into his soundtrack explanations. <laughs> he hasn't been quotes sure. on his notes saying, say this passionately. 
He might do. I don't know. I'm just. I'm like. He just. He sold me on. So I'm like. I'm man. I'm missing out here. I mean, these are your four favorite soundtracks of all time, or uh, are you telling me you're not passionate about them? I feel like I'm. I'm passionate enough. I'm just not. It's not the most passionate element of them, apart from Grim Fandango, we forgot how much I loved and getting to talk about it did bring a smile to my face. But it's not the point! But yeah, just just on that, like, I really do enjoy soundtracks to games. Like, like probably with Shadow of the Colossus, it does add. It adds stuff to the game and, like, makes that feeling of, like, epicness when you're fighting the Colossus and everything like that. And a lot of soundtracks can do that. And I think a good soundtrack kind of... It kind of sucks you in a little bit more and it's stuff that you might... You might hum every now and then um, without thinking. Like, I I do hum random Metal Gear Solid soundtracks or the Halo soundtrack and things like that. Um, but obviously, there's loads of bad soundtracks, but we won't go into them. But maybe that's another episode at some point. Worst soundtracks ever. I'm going to be honest. If you had to ask me to do worse, you just put me on the podcast and have me in my license ways. I still find a way to get Metal to talk about Metal Gear like- Solid. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, wouldn't. No. But no, I, I, I really do like video game soundtracks. I love, I've been to video games live a couple of times, and it's so good. Like, people, loads of people get into it, and you get properly into it, and it's really good to, uh, to sit there and sort of experience and everything. So when, yeah, if, I... when COVID isn't a thing, I do recommend checking them out and seeing if you can get to a show. I think they're still touring around. Yeah, I do have to agree with Squiggy here. I haven't seen video games live, but I went to see uh, Pokemon Reorchestrated when... Uh... Mm-hmm. Or was it Pokemon Orchestrated? Pokemon Orchestral... Symphonic Evolution... That's it. Pokemon Symphonic Evolutions. That was the name I gave that one. Yeah. Uh, when they were in London for the first time. And it was... It's definitely a magical experience to hear the music that you recognise now really brought to life in a concert hall. Yeah. No, it's it's so good hearing it live with the orchestra and everything. And I mean, like, even then it gets it gets me into soundtracks that I don't probably listen to. Like, the, I know the Elder Scrolls... I know the Skyrim theme because of that. I know the WoW music from that as well and it's all it's all epic music but it's stuff you probably wouldn't think of listening to if you don't like if you don't like those games i don't really like video game music but it's yeah i really recommend if you can get to a a live video game soundtrack show of any kind like pokemon final fantasy kingdom hearts video games live get yourself there you'll really you'll really enjoy it and i think we'll wrap everything up there this has been episode 19 and also our first podcast of 2021 thank you for listening hope you've enjoyed it uh, you can catch us all on our socials i am on twitter at john j squires slizzo is at you're not going to promote your other one squiggy i'll promote it at the end i'll go through all of you ah okay sure uh i am at slazo king or at trash manga cast laura i am at law o law or law o law on everything so yeah and my other one is squiggy plays on twitter we're also at and Behind Lagged and Twitch. Oh, I forgot about Twitch. I should probably promote that. That's, and Twitch. That's the whole point Squeaky of that, plays. isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm on Twitter and Twitch. It's Squiggy Plays. Uh, there might be an Instagram at some point, but you'll see about that. Um, obviously, we're on Twitter at Behind Lagged. Tweet us some of your favorite video game soundtracks, some epic moments that have sort of been increased by the soundtrack or any soundtracks you think we should have a listen to. And we probably or, will. you know. Message us if you've played a game that we've mentioned and you haven't paid attention to the soundtrack. You yeah, basically, basically messages if you're Laura 2.0. <laughs> but it's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Goodbye. <laughs>